0: You're listening to the Martial Arts Business Podcast with your host, Small Dojo, Big Profits author, Mike Massey. Remember to go to martialartsbusinessdaily.com slash podcast for show notes, transcripts, links to martial arts business resources, and more. Now here's your host, Mike Massey.
1: Hello to everyone out there in the Martial Arts Business Nation and the Small Digi Big Profits Tribe. This is Mike Massey coming back at you once again with another edition of the Martial Arts Business Podcast. Now, uh, today's interview on the podcast is a very long interview, so I don't want to take too much time in introducing my guest. His name is Christopher Pirelli, and uh, Christopher is the founder and owner of a couple of different companies that cater to the martial arts industry specifically in delivering marketing resources and marketing services. So, um... Chris is a very talented individual. Uh, he is not a school owner. He is a martial artist. Uh, but uh, his main area of expertise is actually in video production and video marketing. And uh, he shoots videos all over the uh, the nation and all over the world uh, for some very prominent business owners and uh, entrepreneurs. And what he's done is he has taken his expertise in the video marketing arena and brought it to the martial arts industry with very, very uh, nice, highly professional marketing videos for martial arts schools. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, It comes up later on the interview because we wanted to talk about some other things first. But Chris also is a very knowledgeable marketer, and he shares a lot of information, a lot of insight from his perspective in working in internet marketing uh, online marketing uh, working in the direct response marketing world as a videographer for years and years, and also uh you know working uh you know doing marketing himself as an entrepreneur, he brings quite an interesting perspective to uh to marketing martial arts marketing as it were, and uh, he shares a lot of information in the interview so uh, I was happy to have him on the show um, I have uh, known of Chris for several years we were introduced many years ago and and uh, was reintroduced to him recently on uh, or through Facebook and have been following what he's been doing with his business. And, uh, you know, it, it, my personal opinion is, uh, is as far as uh, as Chris or, you know, anybody else goes, anybody who comes to the martial arts industry that brings a fresh perspective and that helps elevate the level of professionalism in the martial arts industry, you know, I want that person to succeed. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm having Chris on the show today. I think he has a lot of interesting information to share with you guys. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. And then, of course, Later on in the show, after the interview, we will have the tip of the week, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about video marketing, and and just tell you about some things that uh, that I'm doing, uh, uh, marketing actually using uh, some videos that I got from Chris. Um, and using those videos to market, uh, you know, on YouTube, Facebook, etc., etc., and kind of share that information with you, hopefully, it'll help you in case you do decide to order from Chris or use your own videos to market, to uh, to use video more effectively in marketing your school. So, without further ado, we're going to get straight into the interview with Chris Pirelli, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Hey, school owners and martial arts instructors. Are you struggling to get new students? Are your classes emptier than a Milli Vanilli comeback concert? Do you need more students? then maybe it's time to turbocharge your martial arts marketing. Stop struggling to get new students in the door and discover how to fill your school with a never-ending supply of ready-to-sign-on-the-dotted-line students all year long. Go to martialartsmarketingbook.com now to find out how. That's martialartsmarketingbook.com, home of another profit-building resource in the Small Dojo Big Profits family of products. Go to martialartsmarketingbook.com right now to find out more. Hello, everyone out there in the Martial Arts Business Nation and the Small Dojo Big Profits Tribe. This is Mike Massey coming back at you once again with another interview for the Martial Arts Business Podcast. Now, the person I have on the podcast today is Christopher Perilli from Dojo Muscle. Now, Christopher's company, he has been serving uh, – through his company, he's been serving martial arts schools with high-quality creative services for several years now, and what I found in kind of following him on Facebook and getting to know him uh, you know, several years back uh, over the phone, uh, simply because we were working with the same client, um, that he, he always brings a fresh perspective to the topic of marketing for martial arts schools, and I really appreciate that myself. If uh, you followed the podcast or followed my newsletter for a while, you, you know that I'm the type of person that I'm always kind of looking for people with fresh ideas. So, so um, I'm excited to have Chris on the podcast today, and Chris, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, sir. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, glad to have you, man. So uh, let's see here. You live in the Northeast. Where exactly
2: do you live? I currently reside in New Jersey. Um, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, till about 30 years old, and we moved out here about 10 years ago. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit cold right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, it's funny, because I'm... I'm- you know, I live down here in Austin, and I always laugh because I grew up around St. Louis, and it gets down to about fifty degrees down here, and people start wearing puffy coats and stuff, you know, and and putting on hats. But what's funny is, right now, I'm all bundled up in my, in my office as I'm doing this interview. So uh, I guess I've kind of uh, I've kind of gotten acclimated to the warm. So anyway, uh, yeah. So so let's talk about uh, marketing and martial arts. But before we get into that, I want you to tell our audience, for the sake of uh, of their benefit. A little bit about yourself and your background in the martial arts.
2: Okay. So I would, con- I would classify myself as, for lack of better word and not sounding cheesy, uh, a serial entrepreneur, a serial artist. I've been an artist my entire life, uh, a writer my whole life. I love creating and I love helping people. And I think and maybe my, my love for that is a little self-centered in the sense that I really enjoy seeing people get it and grow their businesses and prosper. Uh, I have always had a good support team behind me, my family, my wife, um, my sister has always pushed me from a very young age to do the things that I always wanted to and most of the things that we've I've done and we've done over the years have kind of strayed from the the norm, uh, having a job and whatnot while I did work on Wall Street for a while. I, I, I really enjoy, I'm passionate about helping people grow their business. That being said, I have been training um, martial arts for, now I'm I'm actively training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Christopher Bro in the Hibiera School in New Jersey. I'm training about six, seven years, trained Muay Thai for a bunch of years. I learned how to box at a young age from my grandfather who was a boxer in the army. He was a World War II vet. Uh, my uncle was also a boxer, so at like probably like nine or ten, they started showing me how to box. And I've always been a southpaw, so um, <laughs> you know that really is something that picked up over time. I, I revisited boxing again probably in my early twenties. I'm just heavily involved in everything that is martial arts space and fitness space. I've been training with weights my entire life, um, and pretty much when it comes to the martial arts industry. I wanted to figure out a way that I can give some of my talents to it because I felt like there was a need. And we'll talk about that more in some of the other questions that you have for me. But I felt like there was a need and I can really help people grow and help people brand and look professional.
1: Yeah, because you know, in, in, I think you could probably elaborate a little bit more on how you initially got started in, uh, in doing marketing for martial arts schools. But, but I think... For somebody who looks at the martial arts industry... From an outside perspective, who is a marketing professional, either a graphic designer or a copywriter or what have you, um, especially people that are that are involved in in what they call marketing creative. Um, And this has been my experience working with a student of mine who's a a very good graphic designer. Um, They look at the stuff that we do, you know, and I'm saying we, as in martial arts instructors, because I've been guilty of this. They look at it and they just go, "Man, that is just hideous," (laughs) you know. (laughs) And and I'm sure you've had that reaction too. And and for the most most part, you know, and it's not that ugly marketing can't get results because it can. And I, I tell my my guys who are just starting off this all the time the, the clients that I coach because oftentimes they can't, you know, they say they can't afford to hire somebody to do their their marketing creative. But um, but the thing is, is that you know it 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 kind of it makes us it makes our industry look bad when there are so many people out there who are doing marketing so
2: poorly. Absolutely, you know, to touch on what you just said. I It's something that I've been speaking to a lot of people recently, specifically a good buddy of mine, Alan Belcher and Duke Rufus. Results. That word results. I think a lot of people in a lot of industries, specifically this industry, they they rest on their laurels of results. Now, just because you're getting results doing something doesn't necessarily mean, one, it's the most effective way. Two, it's the best way. And three, it's the best way for longevity. It's just a way. And I think that Martial art school owners, in my opinion, in my experience, they need to kind of broaden their horizons a little bit and open up their mind to the fact that there are many ways to get to a location. There are many branches and, tr- and that it will get to you to the top of the tree. One way will work, but to constantly and consistently, uh, contest the results that you're getting and not just rest on the laurels because as we know, being marketers, tactics and sales They all wane. They all fail. They all, they come, something's hot for a while and then it fails and then something else is is hot for a while and then it goes full circle and it comes back to the originality of it. So, I think that it's really important. See, I mean, I'm 40 years old this year and Mm -hmm. us growing up, we had Karate Kid and a lot of people when they think of martial arts, if they're our, or my age group, I'm not sure how old you are, but if they're my age group, they think of Karate Kid and that there's that stigmatism around it where it was kind of like cool but a little cheesy and then for a while there was like this this pathway into kind of, I don't want to say uh lack of ethic marketing but there was a lot of like slimy sales, salesy tactics that were used for for a while and then it got into the hype marketing. So I'm, a marketer. and I'm going to go on record and say that everything that we say out of our mouths as marketers is selling in some right, but I've seen ads where they say in one week, you will be able to take down and control and dominate the biggest person. It doesn't matter their weight, learn jujitsu. It's not going to be one weight. one week. I can tell you from experience it won't be one week.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's funny because I did grow up in the 80s. I'm a little bit older than you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn 45 next year. Oh, and, uh, you know, of course, yeah, yeah, I grew up with a karate kid. And I thought the karate kid was cool when I was a kid, you know, and then as you get older, you know, you realize, gosh, those movies, you know, they, they don't age well. <laughs> but uh, but that really, it, it really did start a boom in the martial arts industry. And I think it's interesting now because you say that, you know, people of our generation who grew up with a karate kid, that when we think of martial arts, and martial arts schools, especially commercial schools, we kind of associate that, but when you talk to the younger generation, they don't see it that way at all. I mean, they, they have no idea who the karate kid, you know, what a right. karate kid was in many cases, and and uh, so they're, they're, you know, really, I mean, their major association with the martial arts industry has to do with MMA and the UFC.
2: Exactly.
1: You know, it's, it's, it's completely different, and, you know, not only, and I'm sure, you know, you can talk about this some more as, you, as we go on, uh, you know, through our interview, but You know the the way that uh, the that consumers associate, um, you know, as far as I guess you could say the way they think about the martial arts industry today, it's entirely different from the way that our generation approached it. And uh, not only that, but you know the way they use media and the way they consume information and the way that they react to marketing. We were talking about that, um, chatting on Facebook just earlier before the interview, and uh, you know it's entirely different. I think a lot of martial arts instructors who are school owners who have been around for a while are kind of stuck in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and uh, you know they just even though they're they're using you know the internet and social media and so forth to market their schools like you said um you know their tactics tend to be you know a bit cheesy and a bit over the top and and uh, dishonest and i think you know not only does it hurt them it hurts the reputation but it, it you know it it hurts the martial arts industry overall for there to be so many schools out there doing it
2: Absolutely. You know, I, I liken it, and I use this analogy a lot with people, to if you were going to a job interview, outside of a job interview, say, like at Home Depot, where you would go in with, and probably even in Home Depot, if you were going to a job interview and you showed up in dirty sweatpants with sneakers and that had holes in it, and you just didn't look the part, you probably wouldn't get hired. And I find that a lot of uh school owners, not all, but a lot of them, they they focus they focus on marketing as it's an expense for one as it's mm-hmm. a means to an end rather than building their own voice and rather than putting a professional front on what it is that they do because if i don't take myself seriously how am i going to ever expect somebody else to take me seriously
1: yeah yeah i yeah, i totally agree and you know, probably the first thing that somebody's going to see is your website, and yeah, man, I, I tell my coaching clients this all the time. You know, they'll, <laughs> I mean, they'll, these guys will they'll be in my in my coaching group, and I'm not busting anybody if any of you guys are listening, and I know you probably are, but um, you know, these guys will be in my coaching group, and somebody asks a question about you know building a website, and then somebody else will say, well, you know, they'll they'll mention some some free website you know building service like a DIY, you know, what you see is what you get you know editor, right. and. Uh, it just kills me every time they do that because the, the, the first thing that comes out of their mouth or out of their keyboard after they mention the services, it's free or you know, it's cheap you know, or I only pay this much a month. And I'm like, no, it's costing you much more than that in Miss Business because you know, you're using this horrible DIY web design service that uh, you're never going to get a website that's going to do what you want it to do or that, has, that, that performs the functions a, mar- a marketing website has to perform, and it's going to look horrible. And you're going to look amateur. <laughs> you're going to look like you're, you're uh, participating in amateur hour 24-7, 365 in your business.
2: Exactly. You know, <laughs> to give you another analogy, if I had a toothache or my tooth got cracked and I needed to get it yanked, I mean I probably could call up my sister who I annoy <laughs> to hell and she would come here with it, or pliers and try to yank it out. But why you go to a dentist. If you're sick, you go to a doctor. If you if you want to learn martial arts, you go to a martial arts school. But the mentality of like, hey, I'm going to save money, you're actually not. You're going to wind up spending more money in the, in the long run. You're going to spend more money. If time is money, you're going to spend money in time. If stress is time, you're going to spend more money in time. So you might save on the onset, but in the long run, you're going to wind up spending a lot more money. I'm somebody who firmly believes do it once, do it right. You don't have to do it again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too, because a lot of my clients will ask me. They'll say, well, you know, you you build your own website, don't you? I'm like, yeah, but, you know, it was, it was dumb of me. It was kind of stupid of me to, to be a professional martial arts instructor and then decide, you know what, I can't get my web designer to do what I want to do, so I'm just going to learn how to do it myself. And, gosh, man, you know, I invested, you know – I mean, it literally took me like years and years and years of taking part-time college classes, you know, and and HTML and, you know, and and graphic design and so forth to learn how to build websites. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, even now, even though, you know, I've taken graphic design classes and and so forth, I'm still – I look at the graphic designers that I hire and I'm like, wow, you know, there's no way I could ever be as good as these people are, you know, at, uh, at, at graphic design. You know, using Photoshop and things like that, and, and even now I, I, I tell people, I'm like, you know, the thing is, is that you can't be an expert at everything, and you shouldn't try to be an expert at everything in your business. You should try to, to focus on what your, you know, your area of expertise is and the service that you're delivering to your, to your clients that's related to that area of expertise, and then as much as possible – try to outsource everything else so it frees you up to focus on your business and, and the important things
2: in your business. Absolutely. You know, when we first started this business, um, Pixelmob, which is our, our parent company, we started mm. doing websites originally, WordPress <laughs> websites mainly. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to design, similar to what you said, I, I learned how to code a little PHP, some HTML, and it took me a bunch of years. And I i would, I would say that we got pretty good on the the – the UI, the GUI aspect of it, of the design aspect. But when it came to the code, I mean, my brain would just lock up. And even now, like I still dabble with it from time to time, but I I recently watched a Gary V video and he said something like, if you focus on your weaknesses to try to improve them, you're going to wind up at the end having strong weaknesses instead (laughs) of having super strong strengths.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, it, it's similar. They use a martial arts analogy. When you talk to people and when you – if you look at people who are, say, world-class in, in you know, competitors, say, world-class jiu-jitsu competitors, okay. and you look at what they do, um, you know, almost every one of them has a particular game that they practice. I mean, they focus on a very limited number of techniques that they're very skilled at, and then everything else that they do in their game – is designed to set up those particular techniques that are their go-to techniques. Yeah. You know, and you, you see it with different competitors. Different competitors, guys that are world-class level, they have entirely different games, entirely different strategy, strategies, entirely different ways of going about you know, how they get submissions, you know, how they gain position, and so forth. But what it all boils down to is, is each person kind of has their own specialty, their own you know, specialization in an area of technique. And, and so, they sure, they can do all the other stuff, but that's not what they rely on, you know. It's not like they're just a jack of all trades; they're not good at anything. And uh, you know, I think as business owners, small business owners, and martial arts instructors, like I said, I've been guilty of this myself in the past—that we try to do too much ourselves. We try to to do everything ourselves so we can save money. Now, I understand doing that when you're bootstrapping in business and you're first starting off. But the mistake I see martial arts school owners make is when they start generating revenue and they start, um, you know, bringing in some profit that. Instead of reinvesting that profit in their business and starting to outsource things so they can grow faster, instead what they do is is they take all that profit and they pocket it, you know, and then they start living off the profit that their school's making too soon and so forth, and and they never really get to the point where they have a uh, professional image for their school. They're not just a professional image, but a unified professional image that that is consistent across all the different media and, and all of the different, uh, you know, uh, you know, marketing, uh, you know, uh, revenues or what, revenues, avenues I should say or whatever that they're using.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, and I keep referring to 40 because I, I guess it was a milestone in my life, but after you, I, I felt like up until like 38, 39, I really didn't focus too much on time, but I realized that time is my biggest enemy. And time is the only thing that I can't get back. So I'm not going to sit and try to muck around with something for, you know, hours and hours. I've been there where I've literally sat with WordPress plugin for like half the day, like literally at the point where I wanted to bang my head on the, on the computer desk. And I just said to myself, you know what? I can just pay somebody who knows what they're doing yeah. and it'll take them 15 minutes. It took me six yeah. hours. I lost six hours of my life already doing this.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, and, and, you know, I didn't really start thinking about this as far as how valuable my time was until I started running a school and charging people for private lessons. Right. And realizing that, you know, how valuable my time was, my time and expertise. You know, when you have professionals and and not just professionals as an as executives, but also, um, you know, I had some professional athletes, collegiate athletes and so forth that were more than willing to come into my school and pay me quite well for my time early on in my career. And it, it made me think, you know, and and I, I remember um there's a story in uh, I think it's um Zen and the Martial Arts, like Joe Zen in the Martial Arts where he's talking about uh, uh Bruce Lee and Sterling Silophant, you know, when he was training with them in private lessons and and how uh I can't remember if it was Joe Hyams or Sterling Silphant that told Bruce Lee that he never that they never let anybody steal their time or take their time. And how Bruce Lee kinda took that to heart. And I always you know, after reading that story, you know, I kinda took it to heart too, and I thought, gosh, you know, time is the only resource that you can't make more of and you can't get back right. after you lose it. So, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, I, I, I've done the same thing. And I'll tell you now, if I have any problems, any technical problems or issues with my website that's outside of my, my uh, realm of expertise or my area of expertise, I, I immediately call somebody up. I've got somebody else
2: working on it. Yeah, it, and, it uh, you have know, to. That's the only way to survive in business. And, and like all businesses, it doesn't matter if you're running a martial arts school or if you're running a restaurant. You need systems set up yeah. so that you can... You know, I have a buddy who's uh, an awesome freelancer and he, we we were talking about it recently and he's like, I have so many jobs. And I was like, that's awesome. And he's like, no, I have no time. I'm like, yeah, this is now you're at the stage where you're making money. You need to start outsourcing. You need to start building that system so that you can remove yourself because you're not scalable if you're you're the person that can only do it. Because if you get sick or you go on vacation, you're not making any money. Your school's closed. Your business is closed. So it's it's and I know from from my own experience I'm a little bit of a control freak for a long time it it I it took me a while to get that mentality down pat mm-hmm. to say okay you know what I have to step back I have to get these things the minute you know when you first start the business I understand you you don't have that much cash you don't have that much uh capital but fine once you start making some money start Treating it like it's a real business and you're not just like a freelancer. And that goes for the martial arts industry. You're not just a coach taking, as you know, because I, I talk a lot, talk to a lot of fitness experts, private lessons are a great thing, but the problem with private lessons is it's one person and it's one payment. So, yep. group lessons then become something where you can scale a little bit. And I think that, that more and more I'm starting to see, especially for the younger generation, they're coming up and they're, they're grasping that because We have now at our disposal just a wealth of information with Google and with YouTube. Like pretty much anything that you want to learn. And that's one of the things that I talk about and I find funny that a lot of people in many different industries, they talk about trade secrets and whatnot, but there's no such thing. Everything that you want to learn is on Google. I've taught myself so many different things from playing the guitar to how to fix my BMW on Google, on YouTube. You know, so there is a lot of information out there if you want to learn it if you want to seek it out and find it it's there for you
1: yeah you know it's interesting you talk about being a control freak because uh I was just reading John Graydon's uh, most recent book, which I, th- I think it's titled, Who Killed Walt Bone? It's, it's uh, stories about when he was young and taking martial arts. But he introduces this instructor and, and describes him as a control freak. And he says you know, martial artists are control freaks, and, and uh, the ultimate job for a control freak is running a martial arts school. And, man, I found that to be true with so many different martial artists. And I think it's why we have such a hard time letting go of different tasks – And, uh, you know, different responsibilities in our studios because we are control freaks. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. That was the hardest thing for me to learn in starting a business because the business is your baby. Um, But, you know, my first martial arts school was delegation. Then I was horrible at delegation. And (laughs) even when I... Started to delegate to other people. I still hated doing it because I hated not having control, and that, that leads to micromanagement, which is you know, this the second deadly sin of, of uh, having a scalable business after you know not delegating. So, so um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Well, let's let's get back on topic because we kind of yeah. we kind of went off on a tangent there. Let's talk about uh, about marketing now. Tell me, in in your opinion, you know, being a professional marketer doing marketing for other businesses for so long, both in the fitness industry and the martial arts industry what's the biggest mistake? What's the biggest mistake that martial arts school learners make in their marketing?
2: So discussing what we were discussing a little while ago in the sense of being short-sighted, I think that there's two games in marketing and I believe that, you know, Gary V talks about this and a lot of newer marketers talk about this. There's two games that are, are developed and I think to be successful with, with any business today You need to develop both those games. Now, I find that in the martial arts industry, people are very hyper-focused, hyper-aware, and hyper-vigilant about the fact that they need to get leads in and they need to create an email list. But Mm -hmm. at the same... Which I 100% agree. I think that every single person needs to have some sort of funnel set up where they're giving valuable content and they're creating leads. Granted. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, they also need to build a brand. And I think... Taking the best of both worlds. There's always this tussle between the direct response marketers and the brand awareness marketers. Well, you need direct response because that's the be-all, end-all. Oh, you need brand awareness because direct response is eventually going to fail or it's cheesy or it's kind of you know short-sighted. I believe you need both. And I think that one of the biggest mistakes is just focusing on one. Now, if you look at the guys that have built schools for 20, 30 years and have multiple schools... They've set up systems where they attract leads and they have a system internally where they then take that lead and they bring them to the experience. The experience is, what, is the brand. The mm-hmm. system is the direct response lead generator. And I believe that one of the things now, again, if money is an issue, I would say out of the gate, you want to start setting up, uh, email opt-ins and whatnot and ads and Google ads and Facebook ads. But at the same token, you need to build trust. And the only way you'd build trust is to connect with people. And I want to try to help the martial arts industry as they grow and make more money to see it as you need to not only create leads, but you need to build a voice. And and in my opinion, not everything that you do in marketing – And again, I'm going to say this from a bias standpoint because I'm a marketer, but but this is what I do in my own business. Not everything we do in marketing is specifically to get a one-to-one ratio, do it to get a lead. Some stuff is do it to just connect. Do it to engage with your market. Do it to build up trust. And it could be in a lot of different ways. It could be videos. It could be inspirational videos. It could be inspirational posts. It could be inspirational videos that you create. Or it could even be live physical events that you just throw to get people in the community that to you know feel what you, you're about, to trust you, to see who you are, to see your name in multiple ways and not just in a selling perspective. And I think mm-hmm. that's the big thing and I think that, that's kind of coming to fruition right now because as we talked about, the, 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 the consumer is becoming more and more skeptical and more and more savvy. And on top of that, there's a huge oversaturation of marketing. I mean, at this point you drive, I drive down route nine and it's just big, big uh, highway by my house and they have digital billboards that are dangerous because they can get you into an accident because they flash and you look at them. So you're in your car and now I use ways to get around a lot. And Mm -hmm. as you pass Dunkin Donuts, Dunkin Donut ads pops up. So it's, You're being bombarded, and everybody knows Uh when you're in your Facebook at this point, I would say maybe four out of the ten posts are selling something. So you're constantly bombarded, and I think that the way to get and sustain a business long-term growth is to build that trust, build that voice that's uniquely your own because everybody has a unique voice, and that is what sets you apart. Because if we just talked about getting a, a website from one of the top, five providers that look similar to somebody else's website, but then you're reducing your service and your business to a commodity, and it's not a commodity. It's something that's extremely unique, and it's something that even if you have a school, say, 10 miles away from somebody else, and you're giving the exact same type of instruction, you're both jiu-jitsu schools, you're both crowd schools, the culture and the mindset and everything that goes along with that is completely different. So there is value in being unique along with building out the systems that are going to generate leads and traffic. And those leads and traffic systems can definitely be duplicated and replic- replicable also can be um, similar to other schools. But I think that the, the voice that you have in your brand, there needs to be more focus on image. Because yeah. you, you said something, in, the, in and I forgot the quote, but it was a Jerry Seinfeld quote. And
1: oh, he was—he he talked about uh, your your image is your brand, and and uh, it you, something about he, I remember it. I don't remember specifically, but how he said that you know you basically spend it like money, and once it's gone, it's gone. Exactly,
2: and it takes a long time to build up your image. It takes a long time to build up trust and respect, but it takes just an instant to break that, and that's mm-hmm. a big part I think of marketing because. I think that the success that we've had, I mean, we. we I'd I like to pride myself on the fact that we give great quality uh, materials, but furthermore is that I, I believe that we listen and we try to connect with people on a, on, on a person-to-person level and just try to understand, be empathetic, be compassionate, and build something that not only just supplies awesome quality materials, but that is listening and hearing what the customers need and want and then trying to, you know, give them that. I think that's a big part of marketing today.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because you know how you talk about about branding and direct response how they're both important, and uh, I agree because I think what a lot of small business owners, martial arts school owners, forget is that everything they do in their marketing is telling a story. It's telling a story about their business, and so many people out there are telling the wrong story because. When your story simply consists of you sending out pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch, then the story you're telling about your businesses is that you're a pitch man. Yeah, you know, you're a Billy Mays. You're not, you know, an individual who is a respected coach, who is intelligent and uh, educated in their field of study, who you know genuinely cares about their clientele and is is. You know, in the business of teaching martial arts to change lives. Now, that's the story that each of us wants to tell, and we want people to know about us. But when all you're doing is is throwing, you know, pitches and ads and and marketing up in people's faces on, you know, everywhere you go, I mean, sure, you're going to get leads that way, and it's true. But the thing is, is that eventually, you know, people are going to get to the point in your community where they're not going to take you seriously, and you know, somebody else. If somebody else comes along and they do—that's what I always tell my clients. Somebody else comes along and they do things just ten percent better.
2: They're going to kick your ass in business. Exactly. guaranteed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, wow. That—that's—that's that's exactly what the conversation has been about in the last couple of weeks. Exactly that. You know, can't rest on your laurels. You can't just mm-hmm. rest on the fact that something has worked. You have to try to continue to perfect it and see where the holes are in your game and continue to perfect that. I think that. If you just try to sell, sell, sell without any giving any value, then in the end, what happens is, I mean, there's that word, and I'm going to say it, and a lot of people who are in the martial arts industry cringe, but then you start to market yourself like a McDojo. And no one wants to be a McDojo, but secretly, everybody wants to have the income of a McDojo. So how how do you... (laughs) That's true. That's so true. No, though. Nobody that's wants so to funny. sell out and say, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm not a McDojo. I've, I have broken bones and tons of injuries and I have a black belt for 10 years and I, I, I'm a legit... Yes, you are, but you're marketing like somebody who is just focused on getting the leads. Now, obviously, we all need more leads constantly and we all need to continue to have that uh, lead generation that's going to eventually build into cash flow. But at the same token, you... The one problem that I see for a lot of martial arts schools is the fact that, and it works against them in the sense that because they're a local business. In the end of the day, they're a local business. So you're only going to have a certain amount of people that you can, um, you can go after. And after that, after you use up all your marketing on them, you know, unless, a, it's, unless there's a big high turnover in the area, eventually people get to see you and they get to know you. And they get to either know you as, hey, that, that school really cares about their students. They really, I, I go everywhere. I see awesome stuff from them everywhere. And then when you, see, if you build your brand, you build your voice and your image, then when you sell those offers and you throw out those offers, then they really, in my opinion, they gain a lot more traction. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like, if you, so to take it to a fighting analogy, when you first start doing stand-up, and somebody throws a punch at your face, you flinch. It's just a natural reaction. You have a flinch reaction. But after you have been sparring for two, three years, and you get punches thrown in your face uh, over and over, and you're getting punched in the face multiple times, you stop flinching. You move slightly to the left to stay in the pocket and dodge the punch, and you become a little bit more accustomed to what it is that you have going on. I think that's the same exact thing of what happens with marketing. You kind of as a, as a business, you, you, you are as a business, you do a certain amount of, of strategies and tactics and the consumer base either becomes very aware of something and then it becomes less effective. But if you do something like where you're constantly trying to build your voice, build your brand, and then you use those things, and they're not, they're few and far between. I feel like when you're selling few and far between, those sales pitches actually have more, uh, leverage, and they have more traveling space, rather than if you're constantly selling, people finally get, to, you've gotten punched in the face so many times that it's not a big deal. You know, but when you, when you have, when you're not getting punched in the face and you get that punch thrown at you, you flinch. So I think that, Having more of something like 80% of value, giving people 80% of value and then 20% of sales, that 20%, in my opinion, goes so much further than if you were doing 80% sales and 20% value.
1: Yep, I, I agree, and it's especially true in social media, but I think it's it's true in other ways with your business. I, you know, I talk to martial arts instructors who are trying to start martial arts schools or have established martial arts schools, and uh, oftentimes when I'm coaching them, I'll ask them, i will say, you know, what's your community involvement project or what's your community service project for your school? You know, what, what are you involved with? What, what uh, you know, uh, causes are you involved with in your community? And they'll just, you know, all get is, you know, just a blank stare back or just, you know, dead air, uncomfortable silence, whatever. And uh, it bothers me that martial arts school owners aren't looking at their businesses as, uh, as you know, kind of a, a way to help their community. You know they're just looking at it. You know, as, as, as far as you know, what can I get, and not looking at what they can give back. Because you know, number one, obviously, you know, as martial arts instructors, we should be looking at how we can help other people through the martial arts and, and making that our mission. But the second thing is, is that uh, you know, it's just like you said, if all they're doing is taking all the time and, and uh, just out there pitching, and they're not giving back, you know, they're not really adding value to, to you know in any way to anyone in the community, and uh, it really does tarnish your image. Okay, now, having said that, though, <laughs> I have my next question is actually purely about marketing. So uh, let me go ahead and, and, and uh, give you this question. Okay. Um, So let me ask you this, okay, because I I know you've dealt with a lot of martial arts school owners, and I always like to ask people who either have run successful martial arts schools or have done a lot of coaching and worked with a lot of clients and seen what works. What marketing technique or method um, is returning the best ROI, the highest return on investment for your clients at this time and over the last year?
2: Okay, so that's a very demographic-specific Question, And I'm going to give you a, a bunch of different answers for that. So okay. what I find in urban settings to be very mm-hmm. effective, uh, trial cards and rack cards, if you can get them into local businesses that are around your school, this mm-hmm. has, a, because urban schools have a ton of foot traffic, whereas mm-hmm. like suburban schools, everybody drives to the school. Nobody's really walking around. And same thing for rural schools. Um, so for the urban areas, getting, those trial passes and those rack cards. Uh, Jimmy Mack actually does some, some sort of service similar to that. I think if you can do it or if you can hire somebody to do it, but you, you collaborate with people who are local businesses like yourself and you, actually Alan Belcher is really good at this too. You, you go in, you say, Hey, listen, I have this promotions that we're running. I would love to be able to offer your promotions in our school. You make that connection and if you could keep those topped off, I find that those really work very well for the urban areas. Now, mm-hmm. for the suburban and rural areas, we have found, uh, working with uh, Master Beliso, uh, Zofia Med, and a bunch of other big schools, that mm-hmm. EDDMs, which are every door direct mail, are a mm-hmm. pretty new way to market and get direct, uh, direct mail sent out for an affordable rate.
1: Inexpensive. Yeah, definitely. Yes.
2: Compared to the way it used to be with direct mail. Oh, my gosh. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then you would have to... I'm sorry, say that again?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, the, the difference, if you've, never, if you've never dealt with direct mail before every door direct mail, if you never mailed out, you know, like, say, 5,000 pieces before every door direct mail, you have no idea how expensive it was. Yeah,
2: and then on the top of it, you'd have to use... Hopefully, you built up a list, but if you weren't using your own list, you'd have to purchase the list, which was expensive. And those lists are kind of overused and not necessarily fully quantified. So the other thing that I would say works really well, and that kind of segues into the new business that we opened up, is video. Now, we've done some video for America's Best Defense, who had a ton of traffic from it and a ton of traction. Um, And we also did one for Rufus Sport, Duke Rufus, uh, kickboxing association that had a massive amount of exposure for them. And from what i now. I'm not sure of how many they have signed up exactly to date, but I know that it's definitely helped them grow. Uh, it's definitely helped them look good. And the video right now, when you run these video ads, the affordability of it is so cheap. Right now, I'm running an ad that is costing me two cents per engagement. Whereas yeah. some of the text ads that I've run cost 12, maybe 14, 16 cents. Uh, mm-hmm. And these have really Uh, take traction because Facebook is again changing their algorithm to really serve up video but on top of that this year they decided just like YouTube they're going to pay pay content creators and every single person out there is a content creator whether they know it or not the final thing that I touched on and we've started I haven't really pushed this out into the schools because it doesn't really directly affect uh, our products and we don't really service this but what I found has generated a ton of leads for my own business, and guys like Alan Belcher have used it too, is contests. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Now, using a contest where, this is the the key point of it. Um, I use this software called contestdomination.com, and Mm -hmm. it basically gives you an online page that allows you to run these contests um, and have tracking and all different types of metrics and whatnot, but the great part about it is that Now, there's a few thought processes behind it. Some people like to give out cash. The whole mindset of contests should not be cash because everybody wants cash. My sister wants cash, but she's not training jiu-jitsu or krav or any of that stuff anytime soon. So to give away something like an iPad or a TV, that doesn't help you. But if you gave away your services, like for us, we gave away during the Christmas, uh, I'm sorry, during the back school season, we gave away a whole entire campaign and we got hundreds and hundreds of leads from that. Every single lead is quantified. They want our services. So if you give away like, you know, three months of free training uh, with the uniform or whatnot, everybody who signs up for that wants your services. And I think that that's a huge, uh, step in the right direction in the sense of one of the things is you don't want to just get leads, you want quantify leads because nobody wants to sort through leads that are just, you know, go, going to go nowhere. You want people that you know are, are going to come and purchase. The same thing for all of the, the, the print materials and the video that we talked about previously. If they're coming to your school after they see these, as their qualified, quantified leads. And that's a, an important part of it. So I would say urban area, trial cards and rack cards are a big deal. Uh, suburban and rural, EDDMs, and video. Video is going to be really hot in the next few years.
1: Yeah, and you were talking about the, um, the cost per click. For those of you guys that are listening who aren't familiar with Facebook marketing, um, Facebook marketing, you, when you run ads on Facebook, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can boost a post which is probably the least effective way to actually get leads, although it's a really good way to get more engagement. Um, you can run an image ad, and that's usually the most expensive ad that you can run that's, that would be designed to you know, specifically get a response, either get a lead or get somebody to convert to a, an online offer or something. And you can run video ads. And video ads are kind of in the middle because you get engagement, but then you also can get a response, an action. In other words, somebody clicking on a link to go to a landing page or something. And, and video, it's like Chris said, that it's so much cheaper, so much less expensive. The cost per click is usually a fraction of what you're going to pay with, say, a boosted post for a cost per action or Um, a cost per click or uh, for an image ad. The image ads are the most expensive. So, yeah. So, Chris, let's go ahead and jump in and let's start talking about your new video service because I'll just tell everybody out there that uh, I've been following it. I saw Chris uh, talking about it and posting about it on Facebook. I kind of, you know, chatted with him a little bit, like, hey, what do you got coming up? You know, he gave me some information. He was like, but you just got to kind of wait and see. So I waited and I saw and I loved it. Um, the videos are, are really cool. I'm going to let Chris tell you more about them. But uh, I immediately, um, when he launched it, went and, and purchased two videos for my uh, for my classes to market my classes, because they're just so well done. They're so professionally done. And, and uh, you know, it, it's just, it's something, it's a tool that can help take your business to kind of like that next level of professionalism. So Chris, kind of share with everybody, you know, what the service is about and, and uh, tell them about, you know, how it came about.
2: Okay. So first and foremost, thank you for supporting us, and thank you for yeah. the kind words. I wanted to...
1: yeah. And, I, oh, and, and, and <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being paid for that, by the way. A lot of people assume, they're like, oh, you must have paid to be on the podcast. No, nobody gets paid to
2: be on yeah, the no, podcast. No, no <laughs> transactions happen. Actually, no, no, no. I wanted to actually tell you, um, so Dojo Muscle, when we first started it, I put it... Let me, I'm just going to give you a quick backstory of everything. Um, mm-hmm. Training Jiu-Jitsu, my Jiu-Jitsu instructor said to me, hey, and I used to help them create Ads and whatnot, uh, flyers for the judicial school. And he said, you know, there's a lot of guys in this, in, the, in this industry that are doing it, but you are really unique. You should really start up this business. Now, before that, for the last decade, I have been, I run a company called Pixel Mob. And Pixel Mob basically is a video informational product, uh, production company. And what we do is we get flown around the country, sometimes around the world, to film, uh, athletic Improvement coaches and training protocols that are going to be made into info products, digital products, and sold online. We have done this for the last decade. So I'm fairly new to the martial arts industry, so a lot of people look at me like I'm the new kid on the block, but I've been doing video way before for the fitness world for a long time. We do a lot of video for like NFL combine training, mobility and rehab, athletic performance, powerlifting, and stuff like that. And we've been involved in some of the top grossing info launches uh, in the fitness world. So mm-hmm. while I'm doing this, I, I put together an ad on Google. I set up Dojo Muscle and I said, ah, whatever, I'll just run it and see where it goes with no real thought of it's going to grow. And the first person that purchased from me was UFC fighter Alan Belcher. Very first day that I put up the, the Google ad. So from there, I started to grow and grow and grow. Now, while I'm doing this, while I'm doing video production every single day of my life to to make a living, because that's how I made a living, and I still do make a living that way, I said to myself, you know what? Off of the success of Dojo Muscle, these guys can really utilize some real serious marketing that makes them look like serious professionals. And that's what I my whole entire aim is. So I created Dojo Videos. We spent about eight months filming it and shooting it. Um, It was really fun, and I didn't tell you this, but you were our very first customer.
1: Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah,
2: so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, And so pretty much what Dojo Videos is, is – now, like I said before, building your brand, building your image is very important. And if you can't afford to go get a legitimate video production company, which costs a lot of money, to do that for your school – I wanted to create something that would be able to give guys something that's unique, that's modern, that's fresh, and something that's very affordable, something that they could come and utilize these things for Facebook marketing, for social media marketing, and for just all in all brand awareness. And we set out to do that, and we have so many shoots lined up for the next six months. Um, we're going up and down the East Coast. We're going over to Biloxi. We are going. We might be in Texas. We're going to Cali, going to LA. We have a ton of shoots and a ton of content coming down the pipe, and it is, in my opinion, probably one of the final things that is going to allow martial arts schools and fitness professionals to really up their game and to build their brand and to really give it that polished, professional look that is kind of missing for some so many years. I saw, um, I saw some videos that were being done for a while, and some of them are just Oh man, they just didn't kind of fit the bill of what I think. What I think, at least, is a professional look. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's important that you have that professional look.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting because you talk about cost, and I I think that uh, many martial arts schools aren't there aren't going to be aware of how much it costs to have a professional videography production team to come into your business and shoot video. Now, I have a, a friend. Who is a fellow uh, jujitsu enthusiast? That's how we met, and uh, uh, (laughs) he—I hired him to do some video for me recently for one of my online projects, and he gave me the buddy price. And the buddy price, you know, it was—it was inexpensive to me for the quality that I got for it. But when he told me how much he actually charges per day for production, I mean, you know, you're talking about you know doing a two day shoot, you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars.
2: Yeah, you know, to
1: have, you know, know, I, I think. You know, a lot of martial arts school owners, they don't understand that, and they don't understand the value of what you're offering. When you're talking about – folks, I'm just going to tell you, when you go and you look, the, the, the site is dojovideo.com, right, Chris? Uh, dojo
2: Dojovideos, plural.
1: Dojovideos.com. Okay, so when you go to dojovideos.com and you look at the quality of the production and the, the 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 videos that he has there for you to purchase, to use for your school, and have customized for your school, for 100 to $200, bucks, it is a bargain, a an absolute bargain compared to what you would uh, spend – on your own, the amount of money you would have to invest to have this done for yourself, uh, you know, uh, with a, a local crew. And then even then, you don't know if you're going to get people who are going to do that, you know, that uh, a job that looks that good.
2: Yeah, so we've been in the sports and combat sport world for quite some time. We've done a bunch of launches for a bunch of different fighters and whatnot. And, you know, so I understand exactly how to film for sports very well, how to build the, the, uh, the energy, how to build the action uh, and whatnot and i think that you know people don't have a reference point so one of the issues that i find is that anybody with a photoshop copy is a graphic designer and that's not true you know it takes many many years to to actually master the um the nuances of what makes great graphic design and what makes okay graphic design same exact thing for video just to give a reference point uh, the camera that this was shot on was two we we used two cameras and each camera costs about $7,000 with the lens on it. So right there, right off the bat, that's about $14,000. The lights, the equipment, probably on set, we had about $25,000 worth of equipment. It is not uncommon for a two-day shoot for us, for Pixel Pixelmob, to cost $20,000. And there's a lot that goes into it. And people don't understand that, that not only that there's a lot to go into it, if time is money, I... We have an education of 10 years that we've invested in ourselves and we, we learned this. So $200, $100 is really for what they are getting with our service at least is remarkable and it's almost unheard of, um, to get this type of, this type of look and this type of feel. And not only that is I'm actually on the mat three times a week. I'm training myself. So I'm not one of these. Guys that look at it from an outside perspective and never trained. I trained on just, I think I, I think I might have broke my finger last night. And, you know, it's just part of who I am and what we do. And I think that that helps me understand the martial arts industry itself and be able to provide very valuable content for them to use. Yeah,
1: well, you know, it looks good. And, um, the, the videos, they don't just look good, they look great. But what I would, What attracted me to it was that I know how much it costs, number one, to get, you know, that that uh, high quality of a video shot and produced, you know, to get the right angles, to get the right lighting, you know, get the right action shots and so forth, you know. I hired somebody to come in to my school who's a professional photographer recently to do some video for me and and, and you know – this person said that they had done this professionally that, you know, they could get a, uh, you know, professional video done for me and so forth. And, and unfortunately it just didn't happen. You know, they didn't have the equipment and, and, uh, it just, yeah, I was not happy at all with the, with the quality of video that I got out of it. And I ended up using it because it's all I had, but you know, I was a little bit embarrassed to put that up on my website. And, uh, so when I saw your videos, when I saw your videos on the site and, and I looked at them, I said, gosh, you know, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm just going to go ahead and purchase right now. Um, but you know the thing is, is that when you guys go to the website and you look at the videos, what you're going to see is, is that it's definitely a tool. It's a high quality tool for you to use in not only marketing your studio and and you know getting your name out there, but getting it out there in a professional way to present a more professional image for your school that sets you apart from other schools in your area.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's what that's what the whole entire premise of this was about. I wanted to be able to give them like knock out quality videos at an affordable rate because I know that if they were to go get anybody who does work, and not to pat myself on the back or, or sound bragg- braggard, but we do very, very good work and to hire somebody at this caliber of, or this level of expertise, you're going to pay a lot, a lot of money. And we get from time to time, and I actually stopped uh, even fielding these things, we've gotten schools who ask us, hey, how much is it you know, usually when we do these fitness productions, not only is it the cost of the, uh, actual production and the editing and whatnot, it's the cost of the travel, it's the cost of the hotel, it's the cost of the, my cruise travel. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of expenses that go into it to do high-end video that people aren't aware of. And I'm sure that if you find somebody out of school who's doing really good work and is very affordable, you can definitely get uh, a good video done for an affordable rate but how long will you be able to keep that? If they're that good, they're gonna. In my opinion, in my expert, uh, my experience, I find that if somebody's really good at what they do, eventually they will grow and grow past you. And if you try, if you're trying to just you know look for an affordability, I think that something that's something that we offer that is completely unique to the martial arts industry right now. There's nobody else doing it, um, and we're going to continue to grow. One of the things is I wanted to make it more of um, I don't want to say crowdsourcing. I want to say more along the lines of, of a collective body of need for everybody. So I'm taking so many different, you know, uh, uh, feedback from different uh, school owners and whatnot to try to understand. Okay, you saw what we have now. We have a whole bunch of things rolling out. What is it that you want to see? And we're going to actually send out a bunch of surveys soon. Like. Because we want to get the answers and we want to get what people see in their individual areas. Because another thing that we're going to eventually do is demographic specific uh, videos with different ethnicities and different geographical locations. You know, if you're in the South or the Midwest, have somebody has a different accent that that kind of embodies where you're from. So you're in the Northeast, have <laughs> the New York, Brooklyn accent like me, um, but I think that that all makes it more genuine, makes it more unique, and we're going to continue to grow and experiment and build this thing because I, I really believe that video right now in the next five years is going to be one of the mainstays of how to market all business.
1: I agree. I I totally agree. You know, and like you said, you mentioned this earlier in passing that you know Facebook they're changing their algorithm of how they serve up content to favor video more and more, which is one of the reasons why it's so inexpensive now to use video on Facebook to market your business and video ads. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that it, it not only, not only are people, you know, favoring video as far as, you know, you know, what they're, you know, the type of, of uh, content they're consuming online and so forth, but they're also favoring video in uh, marketing, you know, because people, the consumer out there, they are now expecting high-quality video to come from mom-and-pop shops right. you know, around the country. And the reason why is because you you have a whole generation of people now who were, were raised on YouTube. And if you look at YouTube and you look at the phenomena of the YouTube star, the people have come to expect, the consumer has come to expect, high-quality content to come from independent shops, and that means your business. And I, I totally agree. It's, it's one of the reasons why you need to have you know high-quality, um, high-definition video, uh, on your website, you know, on your YouTube account, you know, um, on your Facebook ads and so forth, because this is what the consumer is coming to expect. And, you know, Chris, it's funny because when we moved, um, we just moved about eight, nine months ago. And when we were moving, I was going through boxes and figuring out, you know, what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to throw away. But then it was for my, my former martial arts schools that I've owned, and I came across a video of, of my television commercial from back in the 90s, the first television commercial that I had shot, <laughs> and it was, it was a local cable company called Cable Time that and it came into my business, and uh, they shot this, this video, and I remember thinking back then, I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm big time now, I have a television commercial, and it's professionally shot and, and edited and so forth, and I queued it up on my computer, I looked at it, I was like, oh man, gosh, this is so horrible, <laughs> it's just cheesy. Back then, it looked good. Um, now, I would be embarrassed to put that online. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about putting it online in my group as a joke, and I was too embarrassed to do it. <laughs> so, you know, just I hope everybody who's listening out there understands, you know, how important it is for you to have uh, professional quality video to market your school and, uh, you know, what a great opportunity this is to get that for your school and to get it. Uh, uh, customized for your school with your own contact information specials and so forth at a very, very reasonable price. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, Chris hasn't said anything, but I told my group right away when I announced it in my group, I said, look guys, you guys ought to jump on this right now. Cause not only did he, did you offer a launch special, mm-hmm. but I said also chances are good. He's going to raise the price on this at some point in the future. I mean, you know, the, it, it's so inexpensive that he, he probably will at some point raise the price. So all I'm saying is, is that it's a good opportunity right now to get in on this and, and uh, to take
2: advantage of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Get on the ground floor. DojoVideos.com.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you to, to, to mention that uh, that website, okay? All right, so you know, getting – I know we talked about the videos. I kind of jumped around with my questions a little bit that I sent you earlier, but uh, um, I'm going to come back to your website so people can find out um, where they can find out more about you online and find your products. But um, I want to jump back to one question that I skipped, and that is, in your opinion, because I don't want to end without asking you this, um, what are – if You know, for a new school owner, brand new school owner, what do you think are the top three things that a new school owner should do in their school to market their school to help fill the their uh, their floor with students in the first ninety days? Like if you know, know, I wanted to ask you. I know you told me not to ask you this question because uh, because you don't run a school, but you know, I wanted to ask you. You know, if it was your school, what would you do? But if it was your client or you were working with your best friend, what would you tell them to do?
2: So I'll preface. First, the fact that I don't own a school. I will never own a school. That's just not something that we do. So I don't want to sound as if I am telling somebody how to run a school or, you know, generate income for a school because that's something that I don't have experience in and I never want to talk about stuff that I don't have experience in. That being said, if I was to open up a school and one of the things that anybody who knows about marketing knows that marketing is very, uh, I think, I feel like when you learn marketing, for any type of business and you learn the fundamentals of it, you can then cross over to pretty much and utilize the same, uh, concepts and the same strategies across multiple different businesses. Once you're successful with marketing one place, you pretty much can carry that over into all parts of your life. That being said, first and foremost, website. Huge part of it. And, and notice that some of these things are not even actually promoting my own services. So, website. You need a website. People, everybody, I know myself. The way I shop is, I look at a place. Oh, let me go find them online. They don't have a website. I'm not going there. Yeah, yeah. You got to have a website today. People need to have more information about you. And I don't think that the idea of some internet marketers who want to push is that you're going to set set up an ad and they're going to go. They're going to find your lead page, and that's it. They're going to be there. Everybody wants to have a little bit more trust and a little bit more knowledge of what it is that you bring to the table. So having that website, one that one generates leads, but two, also talks a little bit about what it is that you do, um, is a huge, huge part. So I would set up a website first and foremost. Um, Mm -hmm. I would make sure my, this sounds silly, but I would make sure that my school looks the part that it's not, I've gone into schools that have ripped mats, and that are dirty and that Mm -hmm. the bathrooms, you go in the bathroom and like, wow, I need to go home and disinfect myself. Like it's, it's, you know, you need to look the part. If you're a business and you're trying to get students and you're trying to basically, for lack of a better word, you're trying to, to, to obtain their money, you have to look like you're somebody who they should give their money to. So, mm-hmm. that's an important part. You definitely want to make sure that the school looks its part, have a nice sign up outside, you want the mats to be clean, you want to, um, you want the, the image of the school to to emulate who you are and furthermore that it's going to be welcoming and nice and clean so that people feel at home when they come there. So the three things that I would do is set up – like I said, if you're in an area uh, that's urban, I would get as many child cards out to individual, um, individual school uh, – not schools, businesses that are in the immediate area. I would send out some EDDMs if you have the budget for it. I would also create an event of some sort, a community event, a grand opening event where you can get If you're in a strip mall, having events, depending on on the logistics and the the legality of it, if you can have an event and you can gain all of your neighbors and and different uh, people in the community to come and You know, you don't necessarily even have to sell them at that point. When you're having the event, you could run a contest and get leads that way. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing I would do is definitely run some Facebook and Google ads because you you need to run Google AdWords. You need to submit your website to Google Google for it to be searched by spiders and and bots so that you come up in ranking locally. And then I would say immediately get up a Facebook page, a fan page start running some ads on it, start inviting people to it, and start churning it. The big part, I would say, you have a school, you don't have that much money, start putting together content, start putting together tip videos, and these things you can all film on your iPhone, really cheap, really easy, film tip videos, film content videos, and classes get going, film some videos of people in the school, tag every single person in that school. You know, every single person in that video, they love that. They start sharing it with their friends. Uh, have some offers set up where you can get to your fan page and, you know, click to your offer and get to your website and get that lead. Those are the important things I think that, uh, really the way to market. I, I've had people who are starting out their school and they call me and they say, hey, I'm thinking about getting a billboard. No, don't get a billboard. <laughs> get a billboard after you have all of the other pieces covered. But yeah. you know billboard's expensive.
1: Yeah, don't don't blow your whole marketing budget on just you know a one shot deal. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I I laugh because yeah yeah same thing has happened to me. When people themselves told me that, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. No, no, no. Okay, all right, cool. Well, that was a, that was a long list of stuff. I would recommend that, that uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast that uh, you rewind that and take notes and uh, you know write down a list of the things that uh, Chris just shared with you, um, because you know the, the list that he just shared with you. That's not just for people who are just starting a school. I mean, if you're running a school and you want to get more students in your school, you know you should go down that list and uh, and start checking off boxes and and making sure that you have all those things in place. As well. Okay, so Chris, you know we're coming up in time. We're over an hour in this interview uh, right now. So uh, what I want to do is give you an opportunity to tell people where they can go. Find out more about your business. Find out more about your services and especially the Dojo Videos
2: online. Sure, thank you. So you can go to dojovideos.com. Right now we have about 25 videos up there and we're going to be rolling out tons of new videos. There's also uh, an email list that you should get on because we're not only going to give out promotions but we're going to start giving out um information on how to utilize videos and not just my videos your own videos how to market them on facebook how to use different tactics that we find that works that some of the stuff that don't work and i am myself am running a podcast called the promo muscle podcast and i will be interviewing tons and tons of uh school owners and and different people in the martial arts and fitness world i'd love to actually have you on too mike be happy to and the other business that we run is Dojo Muscle. It's a print martial arts marketing company. We have worked with some of the top elite martial arts school owners in the, in the industry. Um, we are growing exponentially. We have affordable prices for the quality that we give you for that, that, that stuff. It's uh, really valuable. We love to be able to help and grow the martial arts I find it invaluable in my own life. What martial arts, what training in in Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, and boxing has given me as a person is really immeasurable. My my instructor talks about this a lot. And he's like, if if somebody came to you with a million dollar briefcase and said, here, I'm going to give you a million dollars, but you have to give me back your belt. You have to give me back the people you've met, the network, the, the mindset, the morality and the values you've, you've gained from martial arts, would you do it? Mm -hmm. I said, absolutely not. Not even for $10 million because I've gained so many uh, connections and I've met so many great people and I've learned so much, not only just about, you know, punches and kicks and chokes, but so much about myself as a person. So in in theory, martial arts to me has been therapy, the best therapy Mm -hmm. that I've ever gotten in my entire life. And if I can give back and help people grow their schools and help more people grow as people because I really believe that the martial arts is great for everybody. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter your gender, where you come from. I think that everybody should, there's a dedication and a discipline and a value system that you gain from it that I have not seen. And, and I, like I said, I've been training kettlebells and I've been training uh, powerlifting my whole entire life. But there's this specific mindset and value system that you get you learn a lot about yourself. So if I can help grow the industry in my own way, I, I would love to do so. So again, dojovideosplural.com and dojomuscle.com and I, I hope to help everybody who's out there, who's listening to this grow as best as I possibly can.
1: Yeah, and guys, when you go to, uh, you know, check out the Dojo Videos website for sure, but then also check out Dojo Muscle. Um, Chris, he he does, uh, his company does have a a lot of high-quality ads, postcards, rack cards, things of that nature that you can get customized for your school on that website. It's really high-quality work, good stuff, and, uh, you know, I think you guys will be pleased with the quality when you see it. So, Chris, is there anything else that you would like people to know, our listeners to know before we end the interview?
2: I think, and this sounds a little wishy-washy, Uh, but I'm just going to say it. I think as people, as individuals, and I don't want to sound so uh, hippie-ish. My mom was was a hippie, but uh, I'm kind of a moderate myself. But we don't have to continue to look outside for the greatness that's in everybody. It's really inside you. And everybody has it from the moment they're born to the moment they get dirt poured on them. And all they really have to do is uncover it. I think a lot of people search and search behemothly for the greatness that's out there. And if they can just rub elbows with this person or learn from that person, they'll be great. And the truth is it just lives inside you. So that's all you really have to do is just uncover it. And if you need my help at all, please contact me at info at dojomuscle.com. you have any questions, let me know. I'm willing to jump on the phone with anybody who has any questions or would need some help in some direction. And again, thank you for having me here. Um, I'm really appreciative of it, and uh, that's about it.
1: Okay, man, you're welcome, and I'm uh, glad to have you on the show. And and uh, you know, we need to have you back on, you know, sometime next year, and talk about you know what you've done with DojoVideos.com and anything new that you have uh, that you've come out with over the course of the year. So let's
2: do that. Absolutely, sir.
1: All right, very good. Well, Chris, thank you for coming on the show. I want to let everybody know who's listening in. I want to remind you to stick around uh, because we're going to have a brief message, and then we're going to have the tip of the week. So stick around for that. Thank you, sir.
0: The tip of the week. It's time for our featured martial arts business tip of the week. For more great tips, be sure to visit MartialArtsBusinessDaily.com to subscribe to our newsletter. And while you're there, click on the Business Resources tab for links to all Mike's Martial Arts Business books and courses. Now, here's your Martial Arts Business Tip of the Week.
1: Okay, so as promised, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about video marketing, just some things that I'm doing in uh, using the videos that uh, that I have uh, uh, purchased from Chris, from Chris's company, and uh, using those uh, to market both on YouTube and on Facebook and uh, other places in social media. So the first thing is the videos that I purchased from Chris were uh, 30-second videos, and I got two different versions, one with a free offer and one with a $10 offer, which is pretty much the standard offer I think that he has in the video. So I just kind of went with that. It seemed like a good offer and kind of caught my attention. So the first thing I did was I uploaded uh, both videos to YouTube. Now when I first uploaded those videos, I decided to keep them both uh, private or unlisted um, simply because I wanted to kind of mess around with the editing, the description, and different things like that. when I upload, the videos to YouTube so after I had all that uh, correct you know exactly as I wanted it uh, then I went and I shared those videos from YouTube and I shared them to my Facebook feed. And actually, I only did the free offer first. Um, I waited because I was building a landing page to send traffic to from the $10 offer video. So I shared the free video first and I uh, didn't boost it or anything like that. I just shared it on my page just so people could, sh- could see it and kind of get a reaction from it. And then after I got my landing page built, I actually built the landing page. I just redesigned my website. And I built a landing page that uh, has a buy button on it. So I set up uh, software layer encryption on the website, uh, on, that, on that page specifically, and uh, have uh, payment processing going through Stripe, uh, which is a third-party payment processor on that page. So when people click on the video ad, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, and they go directly to that page from Facebook, then what they're going to get is they're going to get a, a real you know succinct landing page that has the same video on it that kind of explains what the offer is about, and then has a buy button right below it. So that's um, the uh, how I design my landing page for this ad campaign. So I set up um, an ad campaign today on Facebook using the $10 video offer. Now I had some issues with uh, Facebook's ad manager, so <clears throat> I couldn't actually upload the video directly through the ad manager, so what I did was I went ahead and went back to my Facebook page for my business, created a post, a video post on that page, and then I went back to the video manager and clicked on use existing post. So what I did was when I created this, uh, this uh, Facebook ad campaign, I targeted uh, a few different zip codes around my area. The area that my, my classes are located in is a little more, more rural. So in order to reach enough people, because we're out in a rural area outside of town, um, it is isn't a city, but it's, it's a small city. Um, so I had, to, I had to kind of target a couple of different zip codes. So I did that, targeted a couple of different zip codes, um, targeted men and women uh, basically between ages 18 and 55 because that's what I'm targeting, adults. And uh, set the ad to run on a $5 a day budget. So I just started that today and uh, used, of course, that video, as I said, and sending people from Facebook directly to my landing page on my website. So don't have any results yet. I've done uh, similar campaigns in the past and had good results with them, but never with one of these uh, professionally done videos from Chris's company. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the results from it. And as the results come in, um, I uh, I'll let you know how it goes in uh, in future episodes of the Martial Arts Business Podcast, and tell you what my results are. Which I think they're actually going to be pretty good because the videos look good, the landing page I created uh, matches the video, and and uh, you know I did a redesign of my website. And I'm actually pretty pleased with it. Um, I've gotten some really good feedback from it so far. Uh, so so I will let you know. But basically, that's how I set up. Um, my ad campaign and that's how I'm using Chris's videos. Now there are other ways you can use videos. Um, of course you can take those videos and use them on Instagram because there's a maximum of about I think 30 seconds is the limit for videos on Instagram. So you can definitely upload them to your Instagram account. And uh, I'm going to be doing that actually later today to get those videos or at least the $10 video that I'm that I'm really promoting. Well maybe I'll use my free offer video. I'm not sure but I'm going to get that on Instagram later on today. Um, of course also you know you can share those videos around in other places. You can post them on your blog and uh, use them for a video blog post and then you can turn around again and share that on all your social media networks including uh, you know Twitter Facebook and uh, and uh, you know so forth Um, you know basically what you want to do is with these videos is you want to make sure that you get them as much exposure as possible and that anytime you're using one of these videos that you have a direct link um, in the description of the video or uh, you know where you're posting the video that goes directly to a page on your website where people can register for that offer. So on my personal website the home page has the free offer and then the internal landing pages which are not listed in the site navigation and I did that for a reason. Um, those internal landing pages with the paid the paid offer that I'm doing, um, where people will you know pay ten dollars for you know three classes or whatever it is, you know those are hidden on the website, but they are public pages, so somebody could find those through you know um, searching on Google or something like that once the pages get indexed. But uh, from the Facebook ads, definitely I'm sending people directly to that landing page so they can register. So, so we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, the main thing is when you're using video to market to your martial arts studio. Um, you know, just sharing videos on, on uh, Facebook, just using boosted ads or boosted video ads or boosted video posts, um, and uh, having a link back to your website where people can register for a free offer or sign up for your newsletter or whatever, you know, that's pretty much what you want to do. You just want to make sure that whatever the video says, whatever the offer in the video says, that you're your um, ad copy on Facebook matches, and then also the copy on the landing page that they hit matches. So um, you know, be aware of that. You don't want to have the video on Facebook say one thing, and then they get to your website and they see something else. Make sure that your landing page on your website is very specifically targeted to whatever that video says. Okay, so that's it with the tip of the week this week. I hope this information has been beneficial for you. If you want more information on how to use uh, video and social media and other things, uh, you know, to market your studio or you'd like to get a little bit deeper into this topic, you know, you can always go and join MABizU.com. It's only about 30 bucks a month. It's relatively inexpensive. And uh, you can get involved in our Facebook group and uh, the private Facebook group uh, for MABizU.com members. I'm in there just about every day. Um, with the exception of some weekends. But I'm in there just about every day answering questions and interacting with the members. And uh, we're talking about this stuff in depth. And and, uh, school owners that are getting uh, results with the methods that we teach are sharing what they're doing and the little tweaks that they're using uh, to get uh, results from the stuff that we're teaching. So, you know, that's always a resource for you guys. And of course, You can always go to the blog at MartialArtsBusinessDaily.com. Use the search function. I believe it's about halfway down the page on the right-hand side of the page. And just search for whatever topic you're looking for. I mean, I have, you know, gosh, man, like eight, nine years worth of uh, articles and blog posts on there that you can search through, and you can find a ton of free information on there. All right, so that's it for this week's episode of the Martial Arts Business Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, remember, once again, to like us on iTunes. Uh, because your likes and your reviews on iTunes help other people find the podcast. All right, so have a great week or weekend, and uh, get out there and enroll some students.
0: You've been listening to the Martial Arts Business Podcast with Mike Massey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And if you've enjoyed this show, leave us a positive review while you're there. Thanks for your support. And tune in again next time for more great martial arts business tips and advice from martialartsbusinessdaily.com.